you're listening to the City World Radio Network. High-definition digital radio broadcasting from the city to the world. www.cityworldradio.com very special edition of Morph Mom Moments. I'm Elizabeth, and I have the great pleasure to interview tonight Morph Mom founder Kathleen Smith. So welcome, Kathleen. Thank you so much, Elizabeth, for doing this tonight. It's very odd to be on the other side of the table, but I couldn't feel more confident and better knowing that you are running the show tonight. Well, for the past two and a half years, we've been listening to Kathleen's Wonderful interviews with all her amazing guests from every, really every walk of life, entertainment, um, volunteerism. And we just thought 
it's time to hear from Kathleen because the morph mom story is the ultimate morph mom story. <laughs> so, um, Kathleen, if we can start, actually, let me ask you a quick question. The song we heard playing at the beginning of the show. Yes, Carly Simon, Let the River Run, is one of my, first of all, Carly Simon is one of my favorites to begin with. And this may sound silly to some of you out there, but when I was, I first of all, I always loved the movie Working Girl. And there's a scene when she's on the Staten Island Ferry and she would cut out articles from the paper to figure things out. And she's trying to figure out her next step. She's sort of in a bind, doesn't know where to go, and kind of looking for any sort of inspiration that she can. And this song is playing in the background and there's just something about it that just, <laughs> maybe I was hoping I would be as successful as she became sort of by starting from the beginning and, and working your way up and trying to figure things out along the way. So that's why we picked that tonight. So the Morph Mom Anthem. <laughs> so we're going to start from the beginning and talk a little bit about um, Kathleen's journeys to Morph Mom, through Morph Mom. And if you have any questions at all for Kathleen for the next during the next hour, we would love to hear them. And you can email us at morphmom at morphmom.com and we'll be watching and looking for your questions. So please um, so please let us know what's on your mind. So Kathleen, give us a little bit of background um, about, you know, where you were when you started Morph Mom and and you know your education, where you started, all that. So I had gone to law school. I was, I'm from Jersey City mm -hmm. and no idea what I was doing. <laughs> Most of my life has been no idea what the next step was going to be. <laughs> so got into law school, went, no idea where that, what was going to happen. And I ended up actually teaching down at Lorton and teaching in the prisons and became very, I began to really love criminal law from both sides. Ended up becoming a prosecutor in Hudson County, where I was from. Um, and I did a lot of juvenile work, which I loved because it was more rehabilitative than punitive. And I was in the jails and I just, I loved it. I loved what I was doing from my core, but it was dangerous. But, you know, without kids, it was fine. And after my first kid, it was a little bit dangerous. And after my second kid, it became a lot, <laughs> a lot more dangerous. And I figured, all right, I think it's time. I'm going to have to stop for a little bit, but always with the intention of going back. Because I loved it. I loved working with the kids. I loved everything about it. Um, you know, one year became two years. Two kids became three kids. <laughs> All of a sudden, 14 years later, I thought, okay, it's definitely time to go back. So, of course, I'm going to just waltz right back into the prosecutor's office. Nope. <laughs> no, that didn't happen. Um, they were not as enthusiastic about my ideas of returning to the office, having been gone for so long. And to be honest, I'd lost a great deal of confidence in sort of like who I was at the time. You know, I switched gears and I switching back to something about myself was really, really difficult. And what made it worse was realizing that it, it, I wasn't going to be able to go back to law full time, um, on top of which even to afford a sitter for the time. I, I was making less than I would have to afford a sitter for the three mm -hmm. kids. So it just didn't even make sense. Um, but what next? Like, and I, I really, it, it was, it was tough. Like, where am I? Who am I? What can I do? I can't do anything is really what's running through your head the whole time. And you're thinking, you know, what, what else do I like? Well, I love criminal law and <laughs> I couldn't come up with anything else. And I, it just became this sort of vicious cycle. And I started to feel worse and worse and worse about myself. So finally I figured, okay, start from scratch. What can I do? 
I know a lot about children's books, and I was an English major, and let me give it a shot. So I tried to write a children's book, and I say try. But I'm proud of the fact that I tried, failed miserably, but did try. So what were some of the, the roadblocks that you well, entered? Well, it's funny, and this is these roadblocks are what I'm most proud of because it's why I started Morse Law. So when I wrote this children's book, and again, I did it very quickly, and it was never going to make it to Barnes & Noble, but I was really excited that I'd actually done something. Like, having been in such a, a bad state of not knowing where to begin, I was kind of proud of myself that oh, I'd given this a shot, and I'd written this little children's book, and I started to Google, how do you self-publish? And you get 78,000 sites that you could go to, but not an answer. You know, they'd say, you should do it, try and do it. Of course you should do it, but okay, let me try again. How do I? And I never could get just a simple, easy answer to how do I? And that became a huge roadblock because the more I had to work at it, and again, this is at like three in the morning, taking care of my kids and everything else, the, there was no way this was going to happen. The harder it was to do it, the less chance it was ever going to even, you know, it was going to come to fruition. And I became more and more depressed now because I realized anything I'm trying, it's really, really difficult. There's no place to just go, I just want an answer and I can't get the answer. And that sort of became the impetus for Morph Mom because I thought, wait a minute, I'm spending all these hours trying to get an answer. Why am I trying to reinvent the wheel when there are all these women out there who've done it, done who it. found the answer? So my job should be I know how to interview. I'm going to go find the women who found the answer, and I'm going to be the one-stop shop where you can go to get the answer that you need. So they could share this. They could share their experience. They could share their journey. Right. So by telling their stories and their ups and their downs, not only could you go and get an answer, but I did video interviews so you could actually sort of feel like you found a friend out there who'd gone through something very similar, the ups and the downs. So how did you find the story? Well, it started, so I came with, so I have this revelation. I'm not going to reinvent the wheel. I'm going to start a website. I, as you, as I think I explained, I could barely use the internet. I couldn't figure (laughs) anything out. So the thought of starting a website was terrifying, but I thought, all right, I'm just going to do it. So I figured out, I got the website going and I thought, I'm from New Jersey. I didn't want anyone here knowing what I was doing. Because again, my confidence level was not very high. And if I failed... At the time, you know, I didn't want everyone to say, of course she failed. Of course she couldn't do that. She's crazy. What a dumb idea. So I contacted two identical, amazing twins, women that I'd gone to high school with and I hadn't spoken to in about 25 years. They both live in California, um, the starters. And I reached out and I knew they were both doing amazing things. And I said, look, here's my idea. I want to start this website. It's called Morph Mom. I want to share stories that others can um, that will help others to get to where they need to be, to connect. I think before I finished the word connect, they said yes. Hmm. So I booked a flight to L.A. I went to Best Buy. I bought a tripod and a video camera, booked a flight to L.A., and with the intention of interviewing the two sisters, then they had two friends. And I was going to come back that night, and um, I got on a plane, and that's how it started. And when I landed, I drove over to the first sister, and I said, okay, here we go. (laughs) I don't know what I'm doing. But I know I need to share your story. I know somebody out there needs to hear your story. Mm-hmm. So from there, let's figure this out together. And the great thing was that these women who were so supportive and kind, as is everyone that I've met over the past seven years, their initial instinct was, well, I'm going to tell other people. So uh, 
little, I, I had no idea, but when I landed, I had 25 interviews that day in the LA area before I was getting back on a plane. And that's how it began. Sort of, you know, one friend told another friend, they told two people, they told two people. And that's sort of how more fun began. And they were also excited about this concept they all wanted to share. They all wanted to be a part of it. I think so. I think it's, it's rare that someone actually says to you, tell me about you. And not in an egotistical way. Tell me, like, really what your journey was. The good and the bad and the ups and the downs. And we're not painting a picture for social media that everything is perfect. Mm -hmm. We want to know you because somebody out there needs help. And people just, I mean, they're just so kind. And they they jumped at the chance to share their story. And so, so you then compiled and edited and arranged all these stories and put them on your website. And how many stories do you have on there now? Well, they're over, oh God, I've at least over 800 interviews from all over the country. They're not all edited because, as you said, I was the, <laughs> I was the videographer, the interviewer, the editor, and it took a long, long time. My editing skills are terrible. Um, so on the, they're over 800. Not all of them made it to the original site. We now have a new site, and I'm slowly moving them over there. So right now we have very few up. There are many more that are coming to the site. And how did you spread the word about this resource that you had created? You know, I got really, really lucky. And again, it's not about me. That's that's part about this because I don't want this to be about me at all. Is that it was about the women that were being interviewed and sharing their stories. So they were spreading the word. Mm-hmm. So I was getting calls from all over the country. And again, originally it was about my dilemma was a working a mom who had stopped to work wanting to go back. And that was the original premise behind Morph Mom. How do I morph back in? But all of a sudden I started to get calls from North Carolina and and Georgia and I mean you name it from all over the country. And some women would say, um, you know, I'm not a mom but I have a story to share and it's great and it will help someone. Or I'm a mom who never stopped working but I know I can help. Or, you know, I experienced a tragedy and as a result we did this and I think it could help someone. So not only did the mission morph to right. share all women's stories, but women were spreading it sort of like a grassroots thing. Like one friend told another friend in another state, another state, another city, and I just followed every call I responded to. I, I never said no to an interview, and I traveled all over the country, and I, I'm just blessed that all these women jumped on board to share their stories. That's amazing. So that was the first the first step or the, or the base of this Morph Mom Pyramid. So um, after that, after you had the whole um, digital network um, established, what came next? Because I know you wanted to do some face, wanted to make it more face-to-face as well. Right. So it was funny. I'd go to these cities, and they're different states, like all over the country. And I was telling Elizabeth earlier, I'd get on a flight as early as I could, and I'd book a flight back as late as I could, and I'd rent a car, and I'd do as many interviews as, as I could, in the state that day. So one day when I went to North Carolina, I think I flew to Charlotte, flew to Asheville, rented a car, and just did a ton of interviews in Asheville, drove a couple other cities and ended up in Charlotte, did a ton of interviews, and barely made the flight home that night. Let me, let me actually back up for a sure. second. Doing all these interviews, I think um, a lot of people would be intimidated at the prospect of doing these interviews. How did you... How did you find the way to get to the to the crux of these women's stories and, and, and bring out their stories 
um, in the beautiful way that that is shown on your website? I, well, I think obviously, like the reference from a friend made it a lot easier. Mm-hmm. So, sort of, you know, my from the starters who I'm forever grateful to, the two twins who really started to promote this. From then on, it, it was very positive, mm-hmm. and I think people knew that I wasn't there to catch them in something or to, you know, to misdirect anything or to misrepresent. And I was very, when we did the interviews, I always had them look at it first for approval. Mm-hmm. I would never put anything in they weren't comfortable with. And it was just out of trust. And, I think know, so. I think so. Yeah, I think they knew that this really, and they knew the importance of it because they'd been in the position that others were in that needed these videos. Mm-hmm. They, they knew what it was like when you're just starting out and you just feel terrible and you're lost and you've no one to turn to. And they were so generous to share it that I think they put aside any worries about, I don't know, they just, they really put their heart on the table and they knew it was for somebody else. That's, that's awesome. So, so you go to these cities. I'd land with my tripod, my camera, and I'd go house to house to house. And it was funny, like sometimes I'd be at someone's house and I'd say, oh my gosh, you know, I gotta go, I gotta go to your neighbor. And they said, why? And I said, well, because she started this great company. And, and the person would say, no, 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 that's silly. I would know that. Like, no, 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 really. That's why I'm going next door. And she'd say, no, we sit on the soccer field together. I would know if she started something. And I'd say, no, I, I promise you, I will show you the website. She really did start something. And what I began to realize was women, again, neighbors, friends, had no idea what the other was doing. Because your first inclination is not to talk about yourself. That's amazing. Right, to share what yeah. your kids are doing or what else is going on in life. But you never really sit and say, well, I'm doing this. And, you know, I'd like to promote this. So what I realized was I was going to these cities and sharing the videos. And that was great to have, an, you know, to have this visual. But we needed the actual. Mm-hmm. Like, so what I started to do then was when I went to the cities, I'd host a cocktail party that night. And I'd bring all the women I'd interviewed. I'd invite them all to come and we usually highlight maybe one more mom or we'd highlight a group. We've done a lot of military events or we would do um, a few more moms. But it was just a great way for these women to actually come. They knew each it's funny, many knew each other from fields or from whatever. No idea about what each other was doing. So it was a great way to promote one another and then to just join forces in this world of trying to figure out what was next. Right. And share their stories. Yeah. Share their stories. Yeah. Um, so what, what cities have you been? I know you've been to New York. You've been to... We've done... Um, well, I guess with, these, with these cocktail parties. With the cocktail, oh, the cocktail parties, we've done L.A. We've done Orange County. Well, Orange County down in California. We've done a lot in D.C., a lot of military ones. We've done New York. We've done New Jersey. Oh, that's a state. What cities? But New York, New Jersey. Um, oh, I'm forgetting some. Boston. Um, did we do um else do we do them? I'm forgetting some, but we've done a lot of them around the country. And so, what was the so then? What was the next step as this is morphing along and you've you, you know established these places for women to talk and share their stories together? Um, I feel like you wanted to bring it to the next level again, right? Right. So now we have the cocktail parties, and that's great. So we're sharing the story through the website, and we've got these cocktail parties going. And people are actually starting to meet independently of me going to cities. Now they've started in these communities. So I started to share the stories on Huffington Post, which was really, really fun. Uh, just another way to get these stories out. And it was really, really fun because eventually, oh, well, 
the Huffington Post articles then led to the radio show. Mm -hmm. And that was another way to get the stories out. So really it's finding all these outlets really doing the same thing, sharing stories to connect women. And you were originally a guest on the radio show, right? I was. Else's radio show, so that's how that started. After writing for, after the website and helping to post, someone invited me on their show. And then the own, the at the time, the owner of the station invited me on his show and thought, all right, you've got a lot of content. <laughs> Do you want a show? And that's how that started. The next week, <laughs> I go, oh my God, I have a radio show. <laughs> what <laughs> am I doing? But it was great. It was great. And so and Elizabeth has been to a ton, and lots of our friends have been into a ton of them. Lisa Berkery and Lisa Danini and Seema McGrath, all women who've joined on to the board of Morph Mom have all been a part of this for the past three years. And it's just, it's just fun because not only are we sharing these stories with the community, we are a community as well. So prior guests who have been on come and co-host. It's, it's very fun. It's a continuum. And people are excited to be on the show. I hope so. <laughs> That's what I like to think. But I, I, it's really fun. It's a really fun experience. It's a great way to share your story. Um, and I think, I, I, and I, I, I hope because it's also a podcast afterwards. So we do this live, video, we do this live radio show. It becomes a podcast on iTunes the next day. I hope, and I do believe it's true with some people have gone back to listen to them a number of times. Oh, absolutely. Cause you, I mean, you've had the most amazing guests. You've had writers and, um, television personalities, um, and, you know, of every stripe, so it's, it's really interesting to listen to. It's fun. It's really, really fun. And to be honest, you know, it's more fun is primarily sharing women's stories. On the radio show, we cheat a little bit. We do share male stories as well. But I think all stories help. I mean, anyone can be helped by more fun, and any story can help any more fun. So the, the radio show, we cheat a little bit. <laughs> but, um, you know, again, I think it's really the power of the story, not necessarily where it comes from. Absolutely. Um, so again, we're talking to Kathleen Smith, um, founder of Morph Mom. And if you want to send us some questions, we are, we will answer them. We're on Morph Mom, Morph Mom at MorphMom.com. So email us your questions. If you have any questions for Kathleen about Morph Mom or about some of the upcoming events that um, are happening at Morph Mom, which are very exciting. Um, so after after the cocktail parties, after the Huffington Post and the radio show, as if that wasn't enough, as if that wasn't enough, um, you started into sort of the education realm. We did. we did. And I have to give credit to Lisa Berkery for that. Um, so Lisa Berkery said, you know, a, a large port, our, our demographic is, and it's not limited to clearly, but the majority of the demographic is probably maybe 35 to 65. And a great, and many of those women are, those of whom have children, are about to become empty nesters or are empty nesters and literally had nowhere, you know, where to begin. And so Lisa Berkery, who's on our team, was, said, we should all sit around and talk about it. We call them classes, but it's really more like, a, like friends kind of coming together and listening to one another. And again, when is the last time someone said, what do you want to do? And listened, and actually listened, not thinking, how does that help me? It's, it's a really unique situation that we've created, and it's really exciting, and it's really, really, you talk about yourself in a way you probably haven't done in the past 30 years. Mm -hmm. There's a self-reflection that you may never have done, and it's just a new time in life, so it's all new sort of 
criteria and new information that you're kind of going through. And the, the women that are there, everyone's allotted about 30 minutes and the group is sort of listening and giving you feedback at the same time. It's really exciting. So these classes are going incredibly well. And how, um, if our listeners want to join one of the classes or sign up, how would they do that? The best way, so we have our new website, which is really exciting. We just launched it last week, is morphlum.com, M-O-R-P-H-O-M.com. It's a very exciting new website. It's, it's innovative. And the last one, I'll be honest, I modeled after Charlie's Angels. <laughs> I just love that. But we have redone our, our logo. It's, we're morphing. Because we've morphed. It's more mature logo. And that's right. And we're modern. Um, but everything is up on there. You can sign up for classes there. You can sign up for our conferences there. You can listen to the radio show live there. You can find the podcast. And very exciting, we have something coming called The Club, which is an online community, which um, will be a subscription-based um, community that's coming soon. And that is incredibly exciting as well. But again, everything at, at is on morefarm.com. And we also have the classes called Master Classes. So the, the classes that I was talking about with Lisa Berkeley, we call them Next Steps. And that's literally trying to figure out where am I? Like, what do I even like to do anymore? We have master classes where women who already sort of have the idea, have something in motion, and sort of need help with what happens next. Um, we have retired um, CEOs or, or people in the field come in and help with that as well. Um, and it's, it's really, really exciting. So they'll get sort of business advice about Yes. Uh, Seth has been doing them, and he's amazing, and he's just a master of all you name it, he can do it, he can answer it, and he's really helped a lot of women, and the testimonials are off the chart. So Seth is, is phenomenal, and again, all of this can be found on more stuff. And life-changing. And life-changing, right? yep, yep. Um, and then I think one of the most exciting things about um, Morph Mom is the conferences. Um, and so can you explain a little bit how that came about? Yes, so we get through, as we mentioned before, you know, we've got the to the, the videos and the radio show and the podcast and the classes. But there was something where people would say, you know, I, I, that's great, but I need a little bit more. I want to hear some more. And again, it was great to have the virtual, but the actual is always so necessary. It's great to have this community feeling. So the, the um, cocktail parties were not enough. I felt like when I went to these cities, it, it was great, but it wasn't enough. So what, what else were there? So I thought about conferences. But, you know, you hear of a conference and it's very subject-based. Mm -hmm. So it's a media conference or it's a business financial conference or, you know, by subject matter. And, again, we don't, where do we, we don't fall into that. Right. So we came up with an idea called a non-conference. Because in a non-conference, anything goes. <laughs> so no, everyone would feel like there's something to, to take away from mm -hmm. it. It's not limited to any one topic. We deal with a very general thing about What's my idea? How do I take it to the next step? What can I do with it? And who can help me? And we're now, we've done two in New York. We're doing our second one in New Jersey on October 22nd in Ridgewood. We did one in Morristown. And we're going to start taking them to different cities around the country. And it's just amazing. We have um, four panels. We have um, eight speakers. And we have a learning lunch. And during that time, it's women from all different backgrounds sharing some common experiences, things they went through, how they figured out what they were doing. And they're going really, really well. We're really, really excited about this next one in Ridgewood. Yeah, it's fascinating to see the, the women's um, 
you know, different obstacles that they face. And, and I think you're kind of, that you said, before, who can help them? I think people don't know necessarily, you know, mm-hmm. who can, who can help them and where to find their answers. So tell, so the next one is October 22nd in Ridgewood, New Jersey. Yes. Yes. And we, we're just so thrilled. Again, if you go to morphum.com, you can register for it. You can find out more about it. But some of the speakers, I'll give you a little teaser, not all, but we have Susan Spencer, who's the editor-in-chief of Women's Day Magazine, is going to be speaking. Um, we have, uh, um, actually, you know what? I'm just going to give you that one teaser. And okay. I let you go, and, and I'm just going to say the most amazing women I've ever met in my life come and speak, not just the speakers at More Fun, but all the women I've met through this entire past seven years, the kindest, the most supportive, and just women who really want you to do well, Um I, I don't know. I, I promise you, you will find that if you join us in this journey. And tell us about some of your, some of the more interesting stories that you, that you've discovered, or things that have really hit you. Um, like as I said, all it's funny. People have said in the past, like, do you have a favorite interview? And I, I honestly can't say I do. Because every interview, I didn't know these women. Like, I would walk into their homes, and they were kind of looking like, who are you? And I'd set up this tripod that I couldn't even figure out. Half the time it fell apart. <laughs> and I could pick up the thing and we could start again. Um, but they've all been so incredibly kind and generous. And I'm sort of like a Lucille Ball. Like, if you had a bloopers reel of all the <laughs> things that go wrong during these interviews, all because of me. And they all, like, for example, I'll give you an example. I interviewed one time Kara Ross. With the time, and it still is, um, a jewelry designer, amazing, and has started um, Diamonds Unleashed, a nonprofit. And crazy busy, had a store in Madison, um, Madison Avenue in New York City. And it was between, like, in, between meetings. And I said, I promise we'll get this interview done in like 10 minutes. So we do the interview in her store, this beautiful store. We through the whole thing. And I look at my camera, and it said, Your battery is dead. I didn't oh. get any of the interview. So I'm in that moment of like, what do I do? Do I fess up and say, I did not get any of that interview? I know you have a meeting in six minutes. So in, I think that's a more fun moment where you're like, oh, my God. So how, so how did you handle that? What did, what did you do? I literally, like, took the biggest gulp, like a cartoon almost gulp. Like, and I just looked at her and I said, I'm mortified. I'm humiliated. But I'm human. And I can't believe this just happened and that I wasted your time, but none of that <laughs> none of it. And I don't know what to do. And she looked at me and she looked at her watch. She goes, okay, go do it again. And the, like never once made me feel like the biggest idiot that I was <laughs> not having checked the battery pack before going into it. But um, that was one of the most humiliating. And she was so kind and she was so generous. And I knew she was late for the next meeting never blinked, never made me feel badly, was as positive and kind the second time around. Um, but sort of things like that happened all the time. All the time. <laughs> yeah, all the time. And these women were amazing because they kind of get it. Like mistakes happen and things happen and you do your best. Right. But that one was, <laughs> that was pretty human. <laughs> so, so, okay, that was perhaps a, a low point. Give us a, <laughs> give us a high point. A high point. Um, I once, okay, so there, there was, and again, 
one of the high points is usually like walking into something, not knowing where it was going to go, not knowing anything about the topic that they're talking about, but, you know, almost in tears by the end of it because I've learned another story and connected with them. But there was one time a woman that I interviewed and um, she has a cleaning service and she is from a, a, another country and only you know, had a grammar school education, came to the country and very little English, raised an amazing family. And when I asked her to tell her story, she was hesitant because she felt that it was not something that could help other people. And I was a little somewhat insistent about it. That, yes, it can. It's going to help somebody. It's going to help somebody. And what I loved about this interview was seeing, so in the beginning, she, she said yes, and she did the interview, but wasn't, you know, I think she, her confidence was not as high, and she felt that maybe her English wasn't great, so it wouldn't have been, you know, and I, and I insisted again, I said, no, 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 this story is so valuable, you need to share the story. And I brought my youngest son with me that day to do the interview, and he was sitting there kind of watching, and, you know, at the beginning, she was maybe a little bit more slumped over, but not, you know, not the most confident eye contact, just sort of a little, a little reserved, maybe. very reserved and quiet. And I sort of had to draw a little bit more out of her. But the more, the longer the interview went on, I, I think she started to grow. <laughs> like she actually, I think, grew like six inches in the chair. And by the end of it, she was schooling me. It's like her questions were amazing and her advice was off the charts. And everything about her, she just seemed larger than life in the story and, and, uh, the best part was my son at the time, who might have been, I don't know, six, turned to me and said, said, I didn't know she was that, you know, something like how touched he was from who she became from start to finish in that interview. Not who she became, who she always was, but who she grew the confidence to show that she right. was. But back to your point earlier, how how often does anybody ask you to talk about yourself? How often is any how often do, do, do any of us really get to tell our story? Right. And how often do we feel worthy of sharing? Right. And how often does someone make you feel worthy of sharing the story? And I think that's been the best thing that's come out of this to see. And that clearly, we all know, everybody has a story. Everybody has something that can help somebody else. And I don't care what you're doing or who you are, there is no question that your story is going to benefit somebody out there. It's just getting the venue or the voice to tell it. Right. And in, in, you know, talking to, you know, more moms, what are, what are most of the questions, do you think, or, or are there not, or are there just too, too many um, that, that work moms or um, women are looking for right now? What do you think is the main, main insecurity that we have? I think, uh, you know, they say fake it till you make it. I think a lot of women are terrified coming out and saying, oh, well, I'm doing this now. And everybody's saying, you're phony. No, you're not. You can't do that. Like when I said about that book, when I tried to write that book, I was terrified that people would say, you're not a writer. Who do you think you are? You can't do that. You, you don't have the... But, I, but have you learned in your journey that most people are actually kind? And Yes. Right? Yes. And that's the fear. I mean, right. That's the fear. That's the fear going yeah. into it. And if you can overcome that obstacle of your own fear, right. you get out of your own way. And first of all, not care to start off and not care what other people think, it's really hard. It's really, really, you tell your kids that all the time, but it's really hard when it's you. And you're putting yourself out there having not been there before. Right. But that's why having something like Mark Mom, yeah. where 
where questions are the entire purpose um, and sharing and and taking a risk and putting right. your, and putting yourself out there is the is the whole purpose of um, the community really hundred percent and and I think once it's I'd say the first thing is even you know the fear of people sort of saying that's not who you are mm-hmm. but the second fear is then the fear of failing. And it, but I think if you have the community behind you, and that, that was part of the main reason I did this too, was showing that a lot of people fail. And they got back right. up and tried something else. And, that, and, and knowing that it's okay to still hold your head up once you fail, because it's tough. You've been, not been doing this, or you've never done this before. You've been out of it for a while, and you're going back in, and, and then you fail. Right. And you think, why? Why? Why do you even bother? But if you look around, you think, well, they failed, and they figured it out, and they failed, and they went to something different. All of a sudden, that failure turns into something actually pretty positive. Right. And and it can be a positive thing. And as long as there's you're within a community that has gone through that, you've got the support system telling you that, it's it's actually incredibly constructive for you to do it. But I, I would say the two well no, okay. So I would say the first thing is putting yourself out there. Mm-hmm. The second thing is the failure. And then women understandably it's the flexibility. Like sort of right. jumping back in, but how committed am I? Right. Like I kind of still need the flexibility, but I still want to do it. So that's another big obstacle, I think, along the way. Interesting. So that's part of a lot of the conversations. Is how, is, yeah. so, so even so, no matter where you are on your journey, you know, whether your kids are younger, whether they're, you know, almost grown, you still have to think about balance. Right. That's right. And, you know, whether you've never left the workforce, you're trying something new or this is new to you, or you're doing something, you know, as we are saying, as a result of tragedy and getting involved in it, there's still something to be said, like, what am I, how much of a commitment am I willing to give right now? And how much will this involve? And I think that's what's great is hearing other women tell their stories about how much actually is involved, right? and how they did work out the flexibility. Once they got past, you know, the, the fake it so you make it part of it, and the risk of failure, how do they then make the leap and commit? Right, because you have to leave something behind or right. something new. Right, you have to. And it's scary. Yeah. You leave really scary. But hopefully through Morph Mom, you find out that there's so many out there, so many of us out there. Your neighbors, <laughs> you don't even know about are doing this. Um, if you've just joined us, we are talking to Kathleen Smith, founder of Morph Mom. Um, and if you have any questions for Kathleen... You can email us at morphmom at morphmom.com. Again, it's morphmom at morphmom.com. We'll be on until 8 for about the next 20 minutes. Um, so if you have any questions for Kathleen or anything about Morph Mom at all, please please give us an email. And I want to mention again for anybody who just joined us, um, the next very exciting event that's coming up for Morph Mom is the Morph Mom What's Next Conference. Um, which is going on when, Kathleen? So October 22nd in Ridgewood, New Jersey, we have our next What's Next conference. Um, you can go to morphmom.com and register today. And I promise you it's a great, great, great event with amazing speakers. You'll learn a lot. And we just want you to be a part of it. It's not just listening. It's an interactive experience, which we feel pretty strongly about. Right. So there'll, there'll be a moderator and a couple of speakers and, and questions from the audience. Um, and if you go to morefarm.com, um, you can see some of the amazing speakers who have been on at the previous conferences, um, you know, from really every walk of life. We've had, um, you know, judges, 
um, we've had uh, what's the word inventors, inventors. yeah yeah <laughs> like entrepreneurs we've, we've had authors uh, attorneys uh, financial um, people who have started you know wonderful philanthropic organizations mm -hmm. um, you know some of whom have been a big part of work club yeah some of these philanthropic groups huge huge part yeah and that's a big part of it too is a lot of what a fun thing I think you learn about these conferences is it's not just about starting like the overwhelming task of I've got to start something myself, this big, huge thing. You can jump on board with other women mm -hmm. and it's the best way to meet these other women and find what other opportunities there are. And a huge part of that is through the nonprofit world and just amazing opportunities are out there for women to get involved with that. And which is exciting for us too, to share that through more fun as well. Exactly. And the conferences are not only about, you know, what's next in terms of your professional life. I think sometimes, um, you know, a lot of the speakers will, will talk on what's next in terms of your personal life or your personal yes. life. So can you talk a little bit about some of the speakers that um, you've had speakers about, you know, financial planning, yes. right? And um Right. We've had, we've had some amazing speakers come and talk about sort of, right, so it's not just which was when we mentioned earlier that it's, we call it a non-conference, mm -hmm. not a conference. So it's not just for women interested in, in getting back into work or getting back into something. It's also very educational. And we make sure that the speakers are not just about, it's, it's not work-related always. So, for example, we do a financial thing about um, what happened, uh, let's say you're, you're making sure that your financial file is in place. So we call it sort of a 20-second file. It's say you had to grab, you had to leave your house, you have 20 seconds to get out. What needs to be in that file when you jumped out of the house? And so we've done something like that. And so we, and we like to do that. So if you're not necessarily there yet or not interested in working, but you want to be part of this community, is to know that it's, it's sort of like we'll touch upon anything you need. Right. We're going to give it to you. Right. This group can give you what you need. And that's what's so exciting. Absolutely. So we've had a question from one of our Morph Mom listeners. Um, and so Kathleen, have any of the women who have come to your events or parties gone on to start a business? Yes, which is really, really exciting. And I'll get, uh, what's, what's really, really fun is hearing about women who have connected after the conferences. And I'll get emails saying, you know, oh, I talked to so-and-so and she helped me with this. Or I talked to so-and-so and she's now my client. Or this person's going to help me set this up. And they didn't know each other before. No, they did not know each other before. It's really, really exciting that they started businesses. I, I, I think that makes me like giddy inside. I didn't know that there's been a connection made. And, and they have. And we've been very, very lucky about that with the connection. But again, it's because these women are so kind and generous and giving that they, they want to give. Like they're ready to give. They want to give. And the women out there who want to receive these, this, you know, this gift, and it's great. And I think you have some of the testimonials on your on your website, don't you? Because some of the people who have like, you know, come out of your classes with that experience, and we do, we do. And again, incredibly kind of them to share it, but it's it's really exciting to read it, and it keeps you going. Because as I said, there are lots of ups and downs, and and so with more fun, we've had lots of ups and downs, and it's. You know, some days are really hard, but then you read something like that, you think, you know what? It's worth every blood, sweat, and beer. Like, everything about this is worth it when that connection is made or when that 
you know, it made somebody happier or somebody was really lost and maybe they're a little bit, you know, they're found mm-hmm. now or they figured out what they're going to do or who's going to help them. It's just, I don't know. I think there's no better feeling. And also, I, I, my shout out now is to my amazing board of women, Elizabeth, who is on that, is on that board, an amazing group of women who we mentioned earlier, um, with Lisa Berkeley and Sigmund McGrath and Lisa Danini and Lisa Carey and Susie McGuire and Beth Breyer um, and Cindy Doherty and Lisa Zachary has helped us a lot. And um, my sister, Christina Murphy, has helped a lot. And I, I don't know if I'm, I don't think I'm forgetting anybody, but um, the most amazing group of women, when you talk about women helping women, I have this group of women, and Lisa Danini, um, who have jumped on to help like the same thing like we're connecting nonstop and and making these connections with these other women and you can't do it alone you can't do anything alone well especially i mean because more fun has been so did you even think when you you know went to best buy and bought your tripod and your video camera and you know went to tell you know to record some stories that it would morph into what what's going on right now never i mean the, the network is is just ballooned in what seven years six years it's about seven years, yeah. I think it's about seven years. Never, ever, ever did I think we'd be here. It really, I, I didn't know what I was doing. I, I did not, I couldn't even open the tripod. I had no idea what was happening. But I knew that there were stories, and I knew the one thing that I could do was to share the story. I knew I could be the conduit to get these stories out there. Um, and I knew these stories had to be told. So never in a million years, when I guess we would be doing conferences and classes and sitting here tonight and that I would have found, I mean, tens of thousands of women right. all over the country that are just so kind and generous and willing and giving and wanting to help somebody. It's, I don't know. I mean, you could have the worst day in the world and then you go meet somebody like this and everything changes. Your perspective changes just completely. And I know that you've been inspired by, by a lot of people. Is, is there, you know, is there any, you know, one person or one quote or one idea that keeps running through your mind or that keeps you going? I know too many questions. Is there no, one? no, not at all. It's funny. Um, well, one question, there was one quote that just I think in general. So when you're trying to figure out what's next. There was one quote, and actually it was in, it was actually done on that first trip to LA. It was a quote that I'll never, it was something that somebody said to me when she'd just gone through a terrible divorce and had no idea where to start and financially needed to start yesterday to get things going mm-hmm. and where to begin. And she said, you know, she's sitting and crying and doesn't know what to do. And somebody said to her, um, you know, what do people come to you for? Let's just go back. Let's go back to basics and what, what do people come to you for? And, you know, do they come to you for advice? Do they come to you for sympathy? Do they come to you for hands-on help? Do they come for you? And start there. And then from there, that's how you know what your strength is. You'll know your strength from what other recognize and see in you. And from there, at least it's a start. And she said it was slight, it was life-changing for her when this person said it. Because at least she, first of all, she knew she had a strength. Because she could come up with something that people came to her for. And from there, she could start building. And she said that was sort of one of the most life-changing quotes that she'd heard. Um, And I I share it to this day. I still think it's a great thing. And there was another one that somebody said. 
when you're not feeling the most confident that you can and you're feeling, you know, someone may have not been as positive about your endeavor or not overly encouraging about your endeavor. And, you know, you always say to your kids, if someone's bullied them or said something not nice, you say to them, you know, oh, they're just jealous. And there was something, you know, oh, they're jealous or they're, but I don't know if I ever really thought about it or I just wanted to make them feel better. I didn't know how to do it. Somebody said to me one time, think about that you're in an airport and you're walking down and you've got hours for your flight and you're carrying a very light purse over your shoulder and you see your friend and she's walking towards you. She has two minutes to get to her flight. She's 32 bags. They're really, really heavy. She's carrying everybody's stuff with her and she's running to the plane. She's running, running, running. She's running, running, running to the plane and she looks at you and she sees you and sees that you are basically empty handed and you've got not a worry in the world and you've nothing to do. And she starts handing you bags. She doesn't know what else to do. She's so desperate. She's like, please take these bags. They're really heavy. Can you take another bag? Can you take another bag? So when you greet someone sometimes who's a little bit negative and maybe not as positive as they could have been, and rather than that allowing you to hesitate in your own endeavor or think that you're doing something wrong, or think about it that way, that this person just has a lot of baggage and sort of needs a little bit of help. So any negativity they're kind of throwing at you is literally coming from themselves and in no way should discourage what you're doing. You've got to keep going with what you're doing, but it makes you so much more understanding of what they've said and in no way defeats your confidence anymore, but makes you a little bit more considerate and kind and receiving of the negativity that they're sharing. I don't know. I, I, just, right. I That's something I think that's helped because a lot of times, you know, I may have tried something and people have said, what are you doing? Who do you think you are? You can't do this. And when I think about it that way, I think, all right, it's not something you could be doing right now, but I can still do this. And I can receive what you said without letting it in any way deter what I'm doing. But I can also be more understanding. And I think both of those ideas are, are really, you know, reflected in the whole work mom experience, especially the first one. Um, you know, what, what do people come to you for? And, you know, I think especially with your classes, your, um, with your next step classes, I think, um, that that's a great place to start with that. And then people really do learn that. They learn, you know, what, you know, what am I good at? Um, where can I, what can I do with it? And, and, you know, where can I go next? And you're, in, again, you're in an environment where people can help you with that and people can, yeah. um, you know, reflect back. So, um, again, I'm talking to Kathleen Smith of Morphone.com and please, um, mark on your calendar, October 22nd in Ridgewood, New Jersey, is the next Morph Mom What's Next non-conference, right? That's right. Um, and, again, it's the third one, and, and they've all been a, a fabulous success. And, and so if you go to um, morphmom.com, um, you can sign up for the conference. You can sign up for um, the different classes, the master classes, the next step classes, and also you can see all these wonderful stories that Kathleen has compiled um, for women to share, for women to share their ideas, their thoughts, their dreams. And there are many more to come. There are many videos that we've not transferred over to the new site. So keep coming back because I promise I, I will get them up there. And these women are amazing. Over the past seven years, these interviews are just, I can't even tell you how much you can learn from what they're saying and how generous they are with their ups and their downs. Which I, I always think it's it's harder to share the harder parts, the obstacles, but so much more important. And they do. And you, and 
the way we, when we structured the library of videos, part of it was for those sort of like, all right, I want to write a book. I'm going to look for the authors or I'm going to, I want to start a company. I'm going to sort of go this way. But it's also very helpful to those who have no idea where to begin because it's sort of like a library of inspiration. So you can jump in to the middle of a bunch of stories and kind of, you know, peruse and listen and watch and something may strike you that you never knew would inspire you or interest you. And I think that's what's so fascinating about these, these videos and these women. Absolutely. And again, the podcast from the former the past radio shows um, where, you know, there's just a window to so many wonderful things going on in the world. So many, you know, like I said, artists, you know, um, authors. Um, so please go to morefum.com and check it out. I can't believe how amazing Elizabeth is. <laughs> I, I can believe it, actually. Who am I kidding? This has been the most amazing interview, and we have one minute left. I, it, it's really hard to be on the other side. Elizabeth, you are an incredible, I can't thank you for doing this, an incredible host. Oh, it is my Thank pleasure. you for this. Thank you all for joining us tonight. And as Elizabeth said, go to morefun.com to, to sign up for the conferences or the classes. Um, but also, if you're interested or have a story to, to share with us, yeah, story you want to share, reach out to us um, at morphmom at morphmom.com or right on the website. If you hit the contact button, subscribe to the newsletter, or we have some fun news, inspirational newsletters that are going to be coming. Tell us your story because yeah. we want to share them. We're open to all stories. Um, and you never know what it can morph into. That's right. <laughs> you never know. Elizabeth, I can't thank you enough. Thank Pleasure. you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you all for listening tonight. And we'll see you next week. I'm Morph Mom Moments. Good night. Hi, I'm Danny Ilo. You may know me as an actor, but one of the things that I'm most proud of is my service to this country. In the Army, I saw firsthand how training and discipline instill a values that create great leadership abilities and a can-do spirit. Those same strong values stay with service members when they return to civilian life and enter the workplace. So remember to hire smart and bet on a vet. To learn more, call 888 Four four salute or visit